This is a high, high, high quality quickie. Yeah, yeah. IB Scar TV. In the meadows, I am not alone. In the distance, two mysterious birds take a stroll. Maybe I discovered a new species. Maybe they think the same. Another feathered friend perches atop the trees. This one I know by name. The hawk lifts off to soar to another place. Who knows where? But she, the hawk, must know. For she soars with confidence of face and surety of a path once taken, so many trees to perch, aspen of quaking, so many airways to fly, she must have infinite time to take them all. Perhaps, fundamentally, the last tree is not so different than the next. Different size, shape, maybe even shade or specks, or a different species. But there is a branch, there is a perch. Perhaps the hawk knows that wherever she books her next flight, she will lift off and perch just as she should. And so she soars with grace and might. When you see her, wave, just as you would, to a friend in the meadows. And we're back. With another episode of B-Scar TV, this is a solo episode, a high-quality quickie, if you will. I've thought about these episodes as kind of being a reflection on my life and my experiences and what I'm pulling or gleaning from those experiences. And this episode is based on the trip that I recently took to. Idaho and southeastern Idaho is is where my mother's from and we spent a lot of my childhood going to southeastern Idaho and and visiting the the family cabin based in you know we call it Dempsey Creek and tons and tons of land uh, blessed to have had that from you know passed down from my grandfather and you go out there and and be with family cousins aunts uncles grandparents when they were here with us and you know, spend a week, maybe even two, just being with them and just being with the nature. You're not hearing cars on the roads. You're not seeing people cross the streets. You're not, there's no streets, right? It's cattle, it's trees, it's grass, it's bugs, it's mice, it's snakes, and all these things that you experience as a kid. And a lot of times for the first time, the first time you see a water snake, the first time we rode a horse. And every time that I go back, you know, unfortunately, it's been less and less frequent as I've gotten older and responsibilities of an adult have taken a hold of me. But, you know, my summers in college being on campus and training and then my summers in my professional career, oftentimes just being 
uh, too minimal or infrequent free weekends. You got eight OTAs for eight plus weeks, and then you got training camp at the end of the July. But the last two years, I've gone back, and I'm trying to make it a habit of going back and being surrounded by that nature because I do think that nature can teach us a lot of lessons, some tangible right? There's things that you can learn and what nature can provide us, but then also maybe more intangible, right? These things that are a little more far reaching and take some reflection on, you know, peering into nature and what it, how it responds to certain things and then being able to, you know, internalize that. And how was that similar to our life? Right. And it's all of these kind of natural processes are really not all too dissimilar. We have a cousin who was living there year round and he recently uh, built this hydro power system. Right. And like he's all into trying to build a sustainable lifestyle. He doesn't want to be 100 percent reliant on one source of energy, which in the past, how most of the families up there, and if you are living in, you know, rural community or, you know, out in the wilderness, most people rely on their propane in order to get energy, right? To get electricity, which is light, which is heat, you know, all these different things, you get propane. And so you have to get that propane shipped up from the nearest city and brought by a truck. And then they fill up your, your propane tank, which you know, typically, you know, it's hundreds of gallons, however much it, it holds. But my cousin recently built this hydro power system. How he did it is he went to the, the, the mouth of the, the, the stream and you create a diversion, right? So basically an area where the stream comes down into what looks like events, right? You set up kind of this little um, mechanism where the, the water will run down into the vent and the vent essentially takes some of that water, whatever goes in there, it takes it and diverts it to the system, right? And so then it runs through these pipes and the pipes then run downhill and they go to a powerhouse where the water that's been diverted from the creek goes into this system, which has basically like a spinning wheel. And the water is responsible for spinning the wheel, and the wheel continuously spins, and so energy is continually created. And then there's a, a generator, like which is a basically a power box, where that energy then goes, and then wires come out of this box and travel underground in these PVC pipes, you know, another thousand or so yards, however far off the the um, the cabin is, and then those that energy there is stored in batteries, and then all of the things that allow it to create energy and convert energy from DC to AC. And, you know, that was a little bit down a rabbit hole for me. I was a little bit into the weeds on DC is direct current. AC is alternating current. And that's why uh, ACDC is called ACDC because of the raw energy that they brought to their music. And so that's a little quick, a little uh, tidbit for you. But anyways, another thing that was interesting with what he did was when you do this system and you divert water from the stream, 
it's under regulation. There's reg- there's regulators who basically come and they permit and say, okay, yeah, you can only take this amount of water from the stream. And the reason why is because that stream is a part of the ecosystem, right? And so if you completely divert all of the water, then where the creek used to run, now you have the grass around it, the wildlife, the trees, any any animals that were relying on that that strip of stream, they then die. And so regulators are responsible for basically saying, okay, you can divert X amount of water from this stream or this creek or whatever and run it through your system. And the creek without that water will be able to survive. And after the water runs through the system and then the power is created, then the water is, that remaining water is like spit out and then connects again to the creek a little bit farther down the line. I thought the, that was really an, a really interesting uh, experience for me is just to see that. And so now, you know, my cousin, he runs his, his place off of hydropower, solar power, and he also uses propane. You know, he has three different um, mechanisms for his energy and is not 100% reliant on any, any one of them. And so he's gotten to the, as close to sustainable living as I've seen definitely up there. I mean, they're the first ones who, uh, to my knowledge, have lived up there full time. And so, you know, it's been something that's, it's been a process for them, something like 15 years. Um, you know, and I think that there's a, there's a lesson there in itself. There is a regulator, right? And thank goodness that there are people out there who are dedicating their lives to regulate how, human intervention affects the earth and the ecosystem of the earth, right? And then regulating and letting people know what they can or cannot do because it may or may not disrupt the system too much. And so like, you know, for ourselves and in in our own lives, who does that regulation, right? And like, Something that I've been thinking um, more and more about for me as just I mature and get older and experience certain stressors and continue to try to, you know, perform at a high level uh, in different aspects of my life is like, how do I optimize my system, my natural system, which is my body, which is my mind, which is my heart, my emotions, my mood, my energy, all of these things and like the system has my system and all of our systems that we are walking around in, right. Which is basically like our physiology, our biology has all adapted over hundreds and thousands of years as human beings to become what we've become. Right. And what's manifested itself and is physically here is not for no reason. Everything has a reason, right? The, the, the reasons that like, you know, just as baseline level movement and exercise is something that is critical for us to stay healthy and for our, his, our system to stay healthy. Right. And, you know, we have limbs to move and hold hands to hold things and lift things. And, you know, that all of these things that were critical, 
to our survival, you know, legs to run, right? And and now in the heart that that pumps blood throughout of throughout our bodies and a heart rate that gets higher when we move more, which pumps more blood, which makes us more healthy and avoids this disease or that illness or our immune systems to boost, right? And all of these things have happened naturally over time as an adaptation for our survival and to be the best physical beings that we could possibly be. You know, you just think about like your diet, the things that you eat, the more natural the foods are, the less processed, the more that you feel healthy and the more that you can, again, avoid disease or your immune system is stronger. You look better. You know, you look, um, you have more energy, a better mood. You know, that's just like baseline. You could dig down rabbit holes to, you know, what types of exercise, what types of food, but just at a base level, like, you know, how do you optimize, you know, what we got, which is, you know, this, this body and this, our physiology, um, as you are diverting some of your energy elsewhere, again, human intervention, you know, when you're pursuing a certain career, when you're in a certain job, when you're working your nine to five, when you're taking care of the the family, when you're um, trying to put food on the table, keep a roof over your head, there's certain stressors that come to play. And there's, you know, maybe our body hasn't totally adapted to those things, right? And those are like introducing new things to our body and to our system that we have to regulate, right? And that's, so that's my point is like, just as in the hydropower example, you have people who are regulating that system because if you divert too much water from the original system, then the whole ecosystem suffers, Right. And then if one part of the ecosystem suffers, then that is a, a compounding effect. So then the other part of the ecosystem suffers. And, you know, you might be diverting from a creek in one place and it might cause the tree five miles down the road to die, which then had the owl who was hooting in there. And do you know, what I mean, this whole thing just compounds. And so that's why that, that we've assigned people jobs and careers to regulate the earth because it's all connected and it's all a connected ecosystem. And the question is who is, who has been allocated the the job to regulate us as we divert our energy elsewhere and into things that maybe aren't the most natural, but humans were, you know, also designed to innovate and to create and to pursue and, find purpose in these things that we, that we do, you know, and, you know, the, the only person that's really been assigned to regulate our natural system is ourselves. And so as we're, you know, diverting our energy elsewhere, it's important to, you know, take note and to learn the lessons from that we can glean from, from nature and the, mandate that is on these natural systems both externally you know that we these these natural systems that we see and also these natural systems that we are 
and how we feel. And it's important, you know, I think in these two cases with this hydropower system that was created and then these lives that we, that we live, right. Is, is just kind of taking note and, and learning a lesson. And, you know, I, I grew up in, and I'm currently living in Portland, Oregon, where man is uh, surrounded by nature, you know, and, and even as a, as a kid, I uh, never really spent much time in nature, but like now I just, I try to spend as much time as I possibly can. And you know, it's one of those things that it, for me is like, uh, it's a regulator exercise and, and movement is obviously is one. That's something that it's been my career. You know what I mean? Keeping my body physically healthy has been my career is one of the reasons why, you know, I love sport and competition so much because it can, you know, it, it checks tons of boxes and being physically healthy is one of those, those boxes, I guess, if you avoid injury, but like your job is to be healthy, but walking in nature, it's one, it's one thing that I've, I've really enjoyed doing, not just because there are these lessons, right. And this, you know, lesson that I've learned from my cousin's hydropower system and then applying it to my own life and thinking about my regulators. It's, you know, when I'm walking in nature these days, like I, I, uh, I live up near forest park, which is one of the largest, um, city or like national parks in the world. It's just expansive trees. And so I call my house, the tree house. And I actually went on a walk today and it just, every time it gives me, it just centers me, you know, and there's, there's been scientific, uh, scientific thought and study around forest bathing and tree hugging and the electromagnetism that is actually produced from trees in the same way that humans produce them. Right. But beyond that, just kind of more like internally as I uh, walk around and see these trees that have been here for a hundred plus years, I find that the things that are in my life that may be stressing me out or may seem like a big deal because I'm so zoomed in on them. Right, they're my daily, my daily activity, they're my daily life. I'm zoomed in. But seeing these trees that have shown longevity and stood the test of time and you know, taken all the the beating and battering of the storms and everything that's happened to, to them, it just you know, it makes me zoom out. And really it it makes me really realize how insignificant some of the things that you know that we do on a day to day basis are and not that they're insignificant like they're not important but insignificant from like just making sure that we keep perspective on what's truly important you know and it's important to us because we're pursuing them but it's important to realize that they are human interventions and interventions that we are choosing and just as a walk in nature or exercise or even eating the right foods are your regulator for me, it's important for us all to find those regulators. And thank goodness there's been so many people out there that are studying maybe academically, they're studying, you know, what makes the human body um, 
what optimizes us and our mood and our energy and our, you know, and what we feel and how we're able to be, um, you know, it's people creating content around that. But again, you know, we are the ones that have been delegated the job and the task of, of regulating our own systems. I have a, a book that I've been reading. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to wrap this little high quality quickie up in a little bit, but I want to read this. I've been reading this Marcus Aurelius book called Meditations, which Marcus Aurelius is a, a Roman emperor back in like 100 AD, like 161 AD is when he was, he was born. So, uh, this book was essentially like, you know, exactly what the title says. It's his meditations through before he was emperor through his emperorship. Uh, and then maybe even afterwards, I haven't, I've only on uh, page 79 of 200. So I have a little ways to go, but essentially like it was his notebook whenever he was walking around and, you know, reflecting on the trees, he took a moment and he wrote in his little notebook and, um, really cool thing to see, you know, 150 AD. That was over 2000 years ago. Nuts. But a lot of the things that he's talking about are relevant to today and the things that we're doing, the way that we're feeling. And when I read these certain things and it's, it's inspiring. And, um, this one piece goes, This is page 78, um, which is book six, chapter 40. Implements, tools, equipment. If they do what they were designed for, then they work. Even if the person who designed them is miles away. But with naturally occurring things, the force that designed them is present within them and remains there. Which is why we owe it special reverence with the recognition that if you live and act as it dictates, then everything in you is intelligently ordered, just as everything in the world is. So I think a nod just to, you know, himself, like with nature and naturally occurring things, and Marcus taking the time to realize that Tools, they work when they do what they were designed for, even if that person who designed them were miles away. Naturally occurring things, they work all the time. And the thing or the person that designed them is presently within them. And so they deserve a special reverence. And actually the thing and person that designed us is also within us, right? Like we're a naturally occurring thing that works and that have adapted over thousands of, of years to become what we have. And so like, you know, as the closer that we can be to that and to lean into getting closer to where we started than before, I think the, better off we'll be, especially in a world today where there's so much diversion.
human diversion and uh, from from just the natural way of living. And it's something that I'm trying to lean into. And um, I encourage you to to join me on the journey of just trying to be, you know, the best human that I can possibly be uh, the best person and feel the best. Look the best. <laughs> And all that good stuff. So, um, take a little another sip of my coffee. That's another thing about these high quality quickies. I, you know, I may just uh, give a nod to what I'm sipping on during these. And this is sipping out of uh, a Stumptown cup, and uh, this is also Stumptown coffee. I think it's the Columbia Brew, and. I put a little vital proteins in there, uh, the collagen creamer, vanilla. Put a little bit of that in to get a little collagen and a little flavor. Mix up a little oat milk. And this is my little um, Stumptown canteen that I'm drinking out of that. It keeps everything warm or hot. Uh, and if I want to have something cold in there, it keeps it cold. So I love my little my little vessel here. And... Um, those were uh, a few free shout outs, but, uh, you know, if y'all want to leave a con a comment and just like say, Hey, Stumptown or vital proteins, you should really sponsor this guy at Scar TV. You know, he's giving high quality content or at least we're coaching him to get some high quality content. Y'all should throw him another, uh, vessel. Stumptown shows love though. Appreciate y'all. Anyways, um, this has been another episode of B-Scar TV where we are always in the pursuit of high quality content and it is an endless pursuit. And I thank you for joining me on this high quality quickie as we delved into hydro power systems and uh, natural systems and human body potential unlocking and all these different things. And I can't wait to holler at y'all next time. This episode of B-Scar TV has been brought to you by Scarlet Creative. For the full-length video episode and more content, find us on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at B-Scar TV. And please, leave us a review. Drop a comment. What do you want to see? What do you want to hear? Who do you want to hear from? We would love to hear from you. This is your host, with the most, Brennan Scarlett, signing off. Peace. Peace.